إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد so continuing with Bulugh al-Maram in the chapter of As-Salah, Kitab salah particularly Sifat salah the description of the prayer. So we've been discussing in the previous lessons the description of the prayer of the Prophet ﷺ. And we mentioned a while ago that the description of the Prophet's prayer it can be considered as two different types of descriptions. So what were those two different types of descriptions? Just to begin with a small reminder, as the break has been lengthy since the last lesson on this lesson. So initially we mentioned that there are two different ways to think about the description of the Prophet's prayer. What were those two different ways of understanding or recognizing the description of the Prophet's prayer? Anyone? Then no one has revised or the revision is weak. We mentioned at the beginning, the Shaykh, Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah, he explained that there is a complete and perfect description of the Prophet's prayer, and there is a description that is not complete and perfect, yet it is sufficient for the prayer to be acceptable. What was the description of the Prophet's prayer that is considered as complete and perfect? The prayer that has within it the... The Arkan... The pillars and also the wajibat, the obligations, and also the sunan, the sunan acts within the prayer. So the prayer that include or included within it are the pillars and the obligations and the sunan acts, then that would be considered praying upon the complete description of the Prophet. Prayer. What is the description that is not perfect and complete in that way, yet sufficient for the prayer to be acceptable? The prayer that has within it the arkan, the pillars, and the wajibat, the obligations, even if some of the sunan were left out by that individual. If an individual failed to perform some of the sunan acts within the prayer, yet they performed all of the pillars and all of the obligations, then the prayer is acceptable and it is correct. Yet it is not upon the perfect and complete description of the Prophet's prayer. For that would be, if an individual performed the pillars and the obligations, and performed the sunan act throughout the prayer. The latest section that we were discussing last time was what? We were talking about the length of the prayers and the actual Suwar, the actual chapters of the Qur'an that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite. The actual recitations. How long did the Fajr prayer used to be? How long did the Dhuhr prayer used to be? The Asr prayer, the Maghrib prayer. What did the Prophet ﷺ used to recite in the raka'at of the Dhuhr and the Asr and the Fajr and the other prayers? That's what we were discussing. And everybody should have remembered that a person who wishes to seek knowledge with a level of seriousness, you have a serious intention to learn this knowledge 
which is what everybody should have, then it requires revision. It requires going over the work, going over the previous lesson before the next lesson, to remember and to recall the details. Otherwise you'll find that as we go through the book, and we come to the end of the chapter of the prayer, if it was said to a person, go ahead, describe to me the Prophet's prayer now then, now that you have studied the chapter of the prayer from Baruch al-Maram, then you'll find that many people wouldn't be able to do so, and that is a shame. That is not the way knowledge should be sought. It is not sought so that it can be lost. That's why the Salaf, they used to say, Aafatul ilm that the calamity when it comes to knowledge is what? And nisyan, forgetfulness. That you learn and you study, but then you forget. So a person has to strive and you have to put the effort in. And it requires effort and endurance and persistence to revise and to go over the work and to memorize and to practice. And particularly with something like this, it should be easy. It should be extremely easy to revise this work. Because you are practicing the exact work that we are doing here five times a day. Every hadith that we are learning here, it is applicable for you five times a day. And that's why the Salaf they used to say, تَعَلَّمْنَا الْعِلْمَ وَالْعَمَلَ جَمِيعًا That we used to learn knowledge and actions together. You learn the knowledge, you learn what the Prophet ﷺ used to do in the prayer, what the description of the prayer is, and then you practice those ahadith in your prayer. If you come across something you weren't aware of before, that is from the description of the prayer, then you practice that in your prayer from now on. So this knowledge is from the easiest to remember, because you are practicing it and implementing it five times a day. So we should strive with that regard, have the sincere intention, seek aid and assistance from Allah, and revise and practice the work, so that it doesn't become something that in a year or two years, even though you've sat in all of the lessons, that it's something which is forgotten and you are unable to explain or remember. So we were talking about, in the previous lesson, the length of the prayer, the length of each of the prayers, Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, etc. And what the Prophet ﷺ used to recite in each of the prayers. Uh, and from the last of the ahadith that we mentioned, was the hadith of Sulaiman ibn Yasar, Qal, كَانَ فُلَانٌ يُطِيلُ الْأُولِيَيْنِ مِنَ الظُّهْرِ وَيُخَفِّفُ الْعَصْرِ وَيَقْرَأُ فِي الْمَغْرِبِ بِقِصَارِ الْمُفَصَّلِ وَفِي الْعِشَاءِ بِوَسَطِهِ وَفِي السُّبْحِ بِطِوَالِهِ فَقَالَ أَبُو هُرَيْرَةِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مَا صَلَّيْتُ وَرَاءَ أَحَدٍ أَشْبَهَ صَلَاةً بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مِنْ هَذَا أَخْرَجَهُ النَّسَائِي بِإِسْنَادٍ صَحِيحٍ In this hadith it mentions that there was an individual who used to elongate the first two raka'at of dhuhr. And he used to lighten the first two of asr. And he used to recite in the maghrib with the short surahs of the mufassal. The mufassal that we spoke about last time. And in the Isha, he used to recite with the medium level surahs of the Mufassal. And in the Fajr, he used to recite with the lengthy, the long surahs of the Mufassal. And so Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said, I have not prayed behind anyone more resembling the prayer of the Prophet ﷺ than this person. That I have not prayed behind anyone who resembles the prayer of the Prophet ﷺ more than this. This hadith is narrated by Sulaiman ibn Yasar, Mawla Maymuna Umm al-Mu'minina radiyallahu anha. He was the freed slave of Maymuna, Umm al-Mu'minin, the mother of the believers radiyallahu anha. وَهُوَ مِنْ كِبَارِ عُلَمَاءِ تَابِعِينَ And Sulaiman ibn Yasar 
was from the major tabi'een, from the major scholars of the tabi'een. The tabi'een, those who came directly after the sahaba. And he was one of the seven fuqaha whom the fatwa was taken from or whom they would return to. وَقَدْ رُوِيَ عَنَ بِهُرَيْرَ صَاحِبُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّهُ وَصَفَ صَلَاةَ رَجُلٍ كَانَ يَأُمُّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فِي الْمَسْجِدِ النَّبَوِي بِأَنَّهَا كَانَتْ أَشْبَهَ بِصَلَاةِ النَّبِي And it is narrated that Abu Huraira said about an individual who used to lead the prayer in or who led the prayer in the Prophet's masjid that this person is praying the most accurate to the Prophet person is mentioned in another narration that it was Amr ibn Salama who was the Amir of Medina at the time of Bani Umayyah. So this hadith, it speaks about how this individual was leading the prayer and Abu Huraira prayed behind him and said that this individual Amr ibn Salama, he is the closest to how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to pray. Or rather, as he said, I have not seen anyone, I have not prayed behind anyone, more accurate and resembling the prayer of the Prophet ﷺ than him. And it's mentioned in the hadith what he used to recite in the different prayers. So he used to recite it mentions from the Mufassal. The Mufassal, we explained last time, it is the final section of the Qur'an. It is from the end of the Qur'an. And as many of the scholars, they say, it begins from Surah Al-Hujarat. From Surah Al-Hujarat, it continues to the end of the Mus'haf. From that section, Al-Hujarat to the end, is recognized as the Mufassal. And this is what we mentioned last time. We covered all of this. That the Mufassal is from Surah Al-Hujarat to the end of the Qur'an, to the end of the Mus'haf. That section at the end is known as the Mufassal. Uh, and some of the scholars, they say that it begins from Qaf wal-Qur'an al-Majid, from that surah onwards. And some of them say it begins from other surahs. But the Shaykh says, what seems to be apparent is that it begins from Al-Hujarat to the end of the Mus'haf. That is considered as the Mufassal. Within this Mufassal, it is also split up. That section, the Mufassal section, why is it known as the Mufassal section firstly? From Surah Al-Hujarat to the end of the Mus'haf, that last section, why is it known as the Mufassal? Because there are many breaks, there are many ayat, there are short ayat, and they have many breakages. Every ayah stops and a new ayah begins. An ayah stops, a new ayah begins. Whereas if you go to the beginning of the Mus'haf, to Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Al-Imran, Surah Al-Nisa, Surah Al-Ma'idah, you'll see that the surahs or the, uh, the ayat, they are lengthy. You see that the ayat are lengthy at the beginning in those longer surah. Whereas at the end of the Qur'an, the surahs, the ayat within them, the ayat are very short and there are many of them. Very many ayat and short ayat. So it's due to that that it's known as the mufassal. Because there are many breakages, ayat, ayat, one after the next. That is known as the mufassal. Um, in this hadith it mentions then that he used to recite the qisar al-mufassal in the maghrib prayer that he used to recite the short parts of the Mufassal in the Maghrib prayer. And they are the final sections of the Mus'haf. They are the final sections of the Mus'haf. Because the Mufassal section, it splits into three categories. As we mentioned last time, from Al-Hujurat, up until Surah An-Naba is known as the lengthy part of the Mufassal. From Surah Al-Hijarat up until Surah An-Naba, that section is known as the lengthy part of the Mufassal. Because in that section, the ayat 
are longer and the chapters, the surahs are longer than what comes right at the end of the Mus'haf. If you go beyond Surah Al-Naba, you start going further and further to the end, what do you notice? The surahs become even smaller and smaller. So at the beginning part of the Mufassal section, from Al-Hujurat up until Naba, that is considered as the lengthy Mufassal. That is the big part of the Mufassal. That's what he used to recite in Surah Al-Fajr. Selecting surahs from that section, from Surah Al-Hujurat up until Surah Al-Naba, in those sections, those surahs that come within there, that's what he used to pick from and recite in Al-Fajr. Then you have the middle section of the Mufassal. The middle section of the Mufassal, the medium section of the Mufassal, is from Surah Al-Nazi'at, Surah Al-Nazi'at, up until Surah Al-Duha, Wal-Duha. From Al-Nazi'at up until Al-Duha, that is considered as the middle section of the Mufassal. And that is what he used to recite. It is mentioned in the Isha prayer. The Isha prayer would be those middle level surahs, those medium level surahs. And as for the Maghrib prayer, then he would recite within them the short Mufassal, which is basically everything after Surah Al-Duha to the end of the Mus'haf. Everything after Surah Al-Duha to the end of the Mus'haf is the really short surahs. And that's the ones that he used to recite in the Maghrib prayer. So when it says, وَكَانَ يَقْرَأُ فِي الْمَغْرِبِ مِنْ قِصَارِ الْمُفَصَّلِ He used to recite the short, the short sections in the Maghrib prayer. يَعْنِي مِنَ السُّورِ الْأَخِيرَ مِنْهُ i.e. that he used to recite the short surahs right at the end of the Mus'haf, those ones in the Maghrib prayer. لِأَنَّ الْمَغْرِبِ وَقْتُهُ ضَيِّقِ Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, one of the reasons, because Maghrib has a very short time span. Maghrib has a very short time span. وَلِأَنَّهُ وَقْتُ أَشْغَالِ النَّاسِ and also because that time in the evening around about Maghrib, it is a time when people will be busy with this and that, with various affairs. وَرُبَّمَا يَكُونُوا هُنَاكَ صَائِمُونَ يَحْتَاجُونَ إِلَى الْعَشَاءِ And there could be people who are fasting. So it is suitable to make the prayer light and short, in order that those who are fasting can then go and eat and take care of their needs. وَلَوْ قَرَأَ فِي الْمَغْرِبِ أَحْيَانًا مِنَ الطِّوَالِ فَلَا If, however, a person was to read from the lengthy surahs, from the longer surahs in the Maghrib prayer occasionally, then that's okay. It is okay to do so on occasion. لِأَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَرَدَ عَنْهُ أَنَّهُ قَرَأَ بِالْأَعْرَافِ Maghrib, it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ did read Surah Al-A'raf in the Maghrib prayer. It is narrated that he read Surah Al-A'raf in the Maghrib prayer. And Surah Al-A'raf is obviously a lengthier surah. وَوَرَدَ أَنَّهُ قَرَأَ بِالصَّافَاتِ Surah Al-Safat was also recited in the Maghrib prayer. And Al-Mursalat was also recited in the Maghrib prayer. At-Tur, as we're going to see in the next hadith, was also recited in the Maghrib prayer. So occasionally, if a lengthier surah was recited, then it is okay. This hadith is not to say that it's an obligation to have to recite the short ones in the Maghrib, and the middle ones in the Isha, and the lengthier ones in the Fajr. It is not an obligation, meaning if somebody read other than that, their prayer is false. That is not correct. Your prayer would be acceptable and correct. Even if you read other than what's mentioned here, perhaps you end up reading a lengthy surah in Maghrib, it would be acceptable. Or perhaps you end up, for whatever reason one day, reading a short surah in Fajr, the prayer would still be acceptable and correct. Even though what is from the guidance of the Prophet 
is to elongate the Fajr prayer and to make the Isha a middle length and to make the Maghrib shorter as mentioned in this particular narration. So that tells us a little bit about the times or the lengths of those prayers. The following hadith continues in the same topic. وَعَنْ جُبَيْرِ بْنِ مُطْعِمْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ Narrated by Jubair ibn Mut'im radiyallahu anhu, he said, سَمِعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَقْرَأُ فِي الْمَغْرِبِ بِالطُورِ He said, I heard the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم reciting in the Maghrib prayer with At-Tur, Surah At-Tur, Muttafaqun alayhi, agreed upon by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. The narrator of the hadith firstly, Jubair ibn Mut'im ibn Adi al-Adawi, radiyallahu anhu. He is from Ali Abd Manaf from the Quraysh. And he was from the leaders of the people of Makkah, Jubair ibn Mut'im. And he used to be from the mushrikeen. And he came to the Prophet ﷺ when he was still a mushrik at the time on a particular job or a mission that he had been sent to do. And when he came on this job or this mission he had been sent to do and at the time he was still a mushrik, Jubair ibn Mut'im radiallahu anhu, he came on this job and he heard the Prophet ﷺ reciting in the Maghrib Surah At-Tur. And he was amazed by this particular recitation and this particular surah, the Qur'an that he heard. And he was, his attention was taken. His attention was taken by the hearing of this surah, by the hearing of this Qur'an. And when the Prophet ﷺ reached the section, أَمْ خُلِقُوا مِنْ غَيْرِ شَيْءٍ أَمْ هُمُ الْخَالِقُونَ Or were they created from nothing? Or are they themselves the creators? Then Jubair ibn Mut'im, he said, كَادَ قَلْبِ أَنْ يَطِيرَ My heart was about to fly away. لِأَنَّ فِيهَا بُرْهَانًا عَظِيمًا Because within that ayah is a great evidence, a great proof. وَتَحَدِّيًا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ And a threat and a challenge to the mushrikeen. هَذَا وَهُوَ مُشْرِكِ This all occurred to him at the time when he was still a mushrik. And he heard the recitation. ثُمَّ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَنَّ عَلَيْهِ بِالْإِسْلَامِ And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon him الْإِسْلَامَ And he became Muslim. فَأَسْلَمَ وَحَسُنَ إِسْلَامُهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ so Jubair ibn Mut'im, he became a Muslim and he was upon righteousness and goodness during his Islam after he became a Muslim. فَهُوَ عِنْدَمَا رَوَى هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ لَمْ يَكُنْ فِي ذَلِكَ الْوَقْتِ عَلَى الْإِسْلَامِ So when Jubair ibn Mut'im heard this particular event occur, this hadith that he is narrating at the time, he was actually a mushrik. The event that he is narrating was at a time when he hadn't accepted Islam yet. وَقَدْ سَمِعَهُ يَقْرَأُ بِالطُورِ فِي الْمَغْرِبِ And at that time he had heard the Prophet ﷺ reciting uh, Surah At-Tur in the Maghrib prayer. And then afterwards he narrated this hadith. He became a Muslim and he narrated this hadith that this is what he heard at that time uh, regarding what the Prophet ﷺ was reciting in the Maghrib prayer. So, Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafidhahullah Ta'ala says, وَهَذَا الْحَدِيثُ فِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ كَانَ فِي بَعْضِ الْأَحْيَانِ This hadith is an evidence that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to, on some occasions, يُطِيلُ الْقِرَاءَةِ Elongate the recitation في المغرب in the Maghrib prayer ولكن الغالب أن المغرب تقصر فيه القراءة however the majority case what is it that you majoritively are supposed to do in the Maghrib to shorten 
the recitation. The majority, the most, what a person does in the Maghrib is the shortening of the recitation. However, if on occasion a person was to elongate, then this hadith which is agreed upon by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, the hadith of Jubair ibn Mut'im radiallahu anhu, is a proof that the Prophet ﷺ on occasion did used to elongate the recitation in Al-Maghrib. After that, we have the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu qal. كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقرأ في صلاة الفجر يوم الجمعة that the Prophet sallallahu used to recite in the Fajr prayer on Fridays. In the Fajr prayer on Fridays, the Prophet sallallahu used to recite Alif Lam Mim Tanzil i.e. Surah Sajda that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite in the Fajr prayer on a Friday, the Friday morning Fajr prayer, Surah Sajda. Uh, and in the second raka'ah, he would recite, هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ مِّنَ الدَّهْرِ هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ مِّنَ الدَّهْرِ So, this hadith now explains to us, a hadith which is also agreed upon by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. It explains to us what the Prophet ﷺ used to recite on a Friday morning in the Fajr prayer. And it says that, in one raka'ah, he would recite Surah Sajdah, Alif Lam Mim Tanzil. And in the second raka'ah, he would recite, Hal ata ala al-insani hinum min al-dahri. Hadha al-hadithu fihi, anna al-nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kana yakhussu fajr al-jumu'ati bihatayn al-suratayn. That the Prophet ﷺ used to specify in the Fajr prayer these two surahs. That he would specify in the Fajr prayer these two surahs. And they were Surah Sajda in the opening, Firraka'atil Ula in the first raka'ah, it would be Surah Sajda. And in the second raka'ah, then he would recite, وَفِي الرَّكَعَةِ الثَّانِيَةِ سُورَةِ هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ مِّنَ الدَّهْرِ لَمْ يَكُنْ شَيْئًا مَذْكُورًا بِكَامِلِهَا All of it. فَدَلَّ عَلَى اسْتِحْبَابِ قِرَاءَةِ هَاتَيْنِ السُورَتَيْنِ فِي صَلَاةِ الْفَجَرِ So this indicates the recommendation, what is something that is mustahab, that it is liked, it is recommended, preferred to recite these two surahs in the Fajr prayer on a Friday morning. To recite Surah Sajda, and then to recite Surah Al-Insan, هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ حِينٌ مِّنَ الدَّهْرِ To recite those two surahs, all of them, completely. Surah Sajda, all of it in the first raka'ah, and Surah Al-Insan, all of it in the second raka'ah. Wal-munasaba, and why is that? Why is it that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite with these two surahs? What is the purpose or the reasoning or the appropriateness of reciting them? وَالْمُنَاسَبَةِ مِنْ ذَلِكَ أَنَّ يَوْمَ الْجُمُعَةِ يَوْمٌ عَظِيمٌ The suitability of reciting them is due to the fact that Friday is a great day. Friday is a great day. فِيهِ خُلِقَ آدَمُ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ That is the day in which Adam alayhi salam was created. وَفِيهِ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةِ And it is the day, a Friday. When the hour will be established, 
وهاتان الصورتان فيهما التذكير بذلك and these two particular surahs surah al-sajda and surah al-insan if a person was to go through them read through them understand them the meanings of what is being said then you will see that they are highly appropriate in terms of being a remembrance a reminder for the person وَهَاتَانِ سُورَتَانِ فِيهِمَا التَّذْكِيرُ بِذَلِكَ In these two surahs you will find that they remind you with regards to the affairs of creation. How a person was initially created and how people are created, how Allah creates them in terms of the liquid and the wombs of the mothers etc. And in terms of the day of judgment. Those affairs, they are mentioned in these surahs. They are mentioned in these surahs. So they are a reminder for the person when he hears them. On the day of Friday, in the morning, at the beginning, in the Fajr prayer. Because the day of Friday, that was the day upon which Adam salam was created. And that is the day upon which the hour will be established. So they are suitable in terms of being a reminder upon that purpose. The Shaykh mentions within them you have details regarding how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates and also details of how everybody will end up the day of judgment and death and the resurrection and regarding the accountability of the people al-ba'ath wal-jaza' bil-a'mal the resurrection and the recompense for the actions and how humans were created and how they will come to an end, how the horn will be blown and the resurrection will occur. So all of these types of affairs, they are mentioned within the surahs, and the affair of the people of paradise, and the affair of the people of the hellfire. إِذَا قُرِئَتَا فِي هَذَا الْيَوْمِ تَذَكَّرَ النَّاسُ مَا كَانَ وَمَا يَكُونَ so if these two surahs are recited in the morning of the Friday in the Fajr, then they remind the person of where he came from and how Allah created them and where they will end up at and the accountability. So they will therefore take admonition and they will consider and ponder and they will prepare for the day of resurrection. وَمُلَاقَاتِ هَذَا الْيَوْمِ الْعَظِيمِ And to meet this great day, الَّذِي ذَكَرَهُ اللَّهُ فِي هَاتَيْنِ السُورَتَيْنِ That great day that Allah mentioned in these two surahs, السَّجْدَ وَالْإِنسَانِ هَذِهِ هِيَ الْمُنَاسَبَةُ لِقِرَاءَةِ هَاتَيْنِ السُورَتَيْنِ فِي يَوْمِ الْجُمُعَةِ that is the reason or the suitability or the appropriateness of reciting Surah Al-Sajda and Surah Al-Insan on a Friday in the Fajr prayer. Due to them having details of all of those affairs that we have mentioned, and so they remind a person of his beginning and his end, and they remind a person of the accountability and the paradise and the hell. That should be a point upon which we all ponder. Because for many of us, this will not be appreciated. This reasoning that a Shaykh Al-Fawzan has explained, that indicates the suitability or the appropriateness of reciting those two surahs in Fajr on a Friday morning, for many of us, it will not be appreciated. And the reason why many of us will not be able to appreciate that is because many of us, those whom attend and pray the Fajr in the Jama'ah on a Friday morning, even if they listen to Surah Al-Sajda and they listen to Surah Al-Insan, then they will not comprehend what is being said. They will not comprehend or understand what the Imam is reciting. Hence, they will not appreciate 
the reasoning as to why they are being recited on that morning and as to why the Prophet ﷺ used to recite them on a Friday. Therefore, if that is understood and that is the reality for many, a person should seek the aid and assistance in Allah and strive. That should be another reasoning to gain the knowledge and to strive. And in reality, every hadith you come across, every bit of knowledge that you come across, then it should be an encouragement for you to strive even greater for that knowledge. That is why the Salaf, they used to say, the more knowledge we gain, the more we realize how little we know. The more knowledge we gain, the more we realize how little we know. So now we've gained this knowledge. We understand the reasoning as to why those two surahs are recited on a Friday. However, for many, we will not be able to appreciate the reasoning until a person strives and makes the effort and learns the Arabic language, or at the least, then he takes the meanings uh, of the translations, or the translations of the meanings of Dr. Muhsin Khan, and Taqiyuddin al-Hilali, and has a ponder and a read over the meanings of those surahs, so that in the prayer, in the fajr, when they are recited, he has some comprehension, and understanding of what is being read. And that in of itself is a great encouragement for everyone to strive in the learning of the Arabic language. To strive bit by bit to learn the Arabic language. And in reality, if you look at yourselves, if everybody looks at themselves, perhaps some people have been practicing for five years now. Maybe a person looks at himself and he's been practicing for 10 years. Another person looks at himself and he thinks, I've known about Salafiyya, I'm practicing and coming to lessons and attending these gatherings for 15 years or 20 years. A person when he considers himself and how long he's been practicing and has an understanding of Salafiyya and the importance of knowledge, and then you look to yourself and all of that time which has passed by, consider how much you could do in that time. Consider if now in the next five years, or the next ten years, the next twenty years, if everybody made that firm intention, that resolute, determined intention, seeking the aid and assistance of Allah to learn the language, then it could be done a person's been practicing for 10 years now and they haven't done so, they make the resolute intention that in the next 10 years they will do so. So consider if you learned a few words every week, you memorize 10 new Arabic words a week, you learn a couple of new rules of Arabic a week, and in 10 years time, then you will inshaAllah ta'ala have an understanding of the Arabic language. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees life for you, then you will breathe your final breaths at a time when you are able to pray and understand what is being recited by the Imam and understand the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَفِي هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ يُسْتَحَبُّ لِكُلِّ إِمَامٍ أَنْ يَحْرِصَ عَلَىٰ ذَلِكَ in this hadith, there is also an indication that every imam, that the imams, they should be keen to try to implement this and to practice this, the recitation of these surahs in the Fajr of Friday. وَأَنْ يَحْفَظَ هَاتَيْنِ السُورَتَيْنِ And that the imams, those who are leading the prayers, then they should make the effort to make sure they have memorized these two surahs properly. وَأَنْ يَقْرَأَهُمَا فِي فَجْرِ ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ And that they recite them in the Fajr of the Friday. فَإِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ عَمَلًا بِالسُنَّةِ For indeed, in doing that is implementing and practicing the Sunnah. This does not mean that a person must, as an obligation, have to recite those every Friday. Here, as we've seen, it is mustahab. And it is practicing and implementing the sunnah to do so. There is a narration from a Shaykh al-Albani. 
Al-Shaykh Al-Albani, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he mentions that on one occasion he was leading the Fajr prayer on a Friday morning. And he recited Surah Al-Sajda. Or rather he did not. In Surah Al-Sajda, there is what? There is a prostration. So the people are used to Friday morning in the Fajr prayer in congregation coming and praying and prostrating in the first raka'ah due to Surah Al-Sajda. On one occasion, a Shaykh Al-Bani says he was leading the prayer on a Friday in Fajr. And on one occasion, he didn't recite these surahs. He didn't recite Surah Sajda. He recited something else. On one occasion on a Friday, on one particular time, he recited something else. However, the people, because they weren't focusing, they weren't concentrating, or they didn't understand, when the Shaykh did the takbir to go into the ruku'ah, to go into ruku'ah, the people, because they weren't focusing, they'd just come in the morning, it's Fajr, it's Friday, they've got in their mind Surah to sajda So they, when the Imam went into Ruku'ah, all went down into prostration, thinking it's Friday morning Surah sajda But the Imam, Shaykh Al-Bani, on that particular occasion, wasn't even reciting Surah sajda It was a different Surah on one occasion on a Friday. So this uh, is something that they mentioned regarding that. And Shaykh Al-Bani, he mentioned... Uh, regarding this and other types of sunnah acts, that it's not to be understood that it's an obligation you must do every Friday. Yes, you do it, and majoritively you do it, and you practice and implement the sunnah, but if on occasion you did not do that, it is acceptable and correct. As on that occasion the shaykh did, and the people they didn't realize, they were used to their routine of a Friday, and they went into prostration thinking it was surat sajda on a Friday morning in Fajr. وَهُنَاكَ نَاحِيَةٌ أُخْرَى يَنْبَغِي التَّنْبِيهِ عَلَيْهَا وَهِيَ أَنَّ بَعْضَ الْأَئِمَّةِ يَقْرَأُ فِي الرَّكَعَةِ الْأُولَى أَوَّلَ أَلِفْلَامِّيمِ السَّجْدَةِ وَيَتْرُكُ آخِرَهَا وَفِي الرَّكَعَةِ الثَّانِيَةِ يَقْرَأُ أَوَّلَهَا الْأَتَى عَلَى الْإِنْسَانِ وَيَتْرُكُ آخِرَهَا وَهَذَا لَيْسَ عَمَلًا بِالسُّنَّةِ فَالرَّسُولُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ كَانَ يَقْرَأُ السُّورَةَ كَامِلَةً وَلَمْ يَقْتَصِرُ وَلَمْ يَقْتَصِرْ عَلَىٰ أَوَّلِهَا What about what some imams do? That on a fajr, on a Friday morning, they will recite Surah Sajda in the first raka'ah. But they get to maybe halfway or three quarters, and they leave it at that, and they go into ruku'ah. Then in the second raka'ah, they get up, and they recite Surah Al-Insan, هَلْ أَتَى عَلَىٰ الْإِنسَانِ they recite it, but they leave it halfway or three quarters, and they go into sajda and finish the prayer. So they've done surah sajda in the first one, and they've done surah al-insan in the second one, but they didn't complete both surahs. Three quarters of a sajda in the first, half or three quarters of an insan in the second, and they think, alhamdulillah, I've done the sunnah, I've recited the two surahs that are supposed to be recited in the two raka'ahs of fajr. What about that? That, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, is not practicing the sunnah. The sunnah was not to recite some of sajda and some of al-insan. The sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is to recite the whole of surah sajda and the whole of surah al-insan. In the first raka'ah al-sajda, in the second al-insan. The whole of the surahs. That is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. So if you only recite some of it, then that is not implementing the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ that is being mentioned here. وَهُنَاكَ صِنْفٌ آخَرٌ مِنَ الْأَئِمَّةِ يَقْرَأُ فِي الْجُمْعَةِ الْإِفْلَامِيمِ تَنْزِيلٌ سُورَةُ سَجْدَةٍ وَيُقَسِّمُهَا بَيْنَ رَكَعَتَيْنِ وَفِي الْجُمْعَةِ الثَّانِيَةِ يَقْرَأُ هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنْسَانِ يُقَسِّمُهَا بَيْنَ رَكَعَتَيْنِ وَهَذَا غَلَطٌ أَيْضًا وَمُخَالِفٌ لِلسُّنَّةِ Then the Shaykh says there are some imams on a Friday morning in Fajr. In the first raka'ah, they'll start with Surah Sajda. And they'll recite half of it. Go into a raku'ah, sujood, come back up for the second raka'ah of Fajr. And they'll recite the second half of Sajda. So in the Fajr of Friday, they've recited the whole of Surah Sajda half and half. Then next week on a Friday, in Fajr they come and they start with Surah Al-Insan. هَلْ أَتَى عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ Half of it in the first raka'ah. Go down, finish, come up. Second raka'ah, they recite the second half of Surah Al-Insan. So over two weeks, 
Over two Fajr prayers, they've done all of Surah Sajda and all of Surah Al-Insan. Because on one week, week one, they recite all of Surah Sajda half and half in the full Fajr. Half in the first raka'ah, half in the second raka'ah. Finished. Next week in Fajr, they do Surah Al-Insan. Half in the first raka'ah, half in the second raka'ah. So they think over the period of two weeks, two Fajr prayers, I've implemented the Sunnah. Again, that is not implementation of the Sunnah. The Prophet ﷺ did not teach it in that way. Rather, it was to recite all of Sajda in one raka'ah, and then all of Al-Insan in the second raka'ah of the same Fajr prayer. Not to split that up into two parts, and to finish all of those two surahs over two Fajr prayers. So that again, the Shaykh says, is in opposition to the Sunnah. وَالَّذِي يَنْبَغِي عَلَى الْأَئِمَّةِ أَنْ يَقْرَأَ هَاتَيْنِ سُورَةٍ كَامِلَتَيْنِ وَرِسُوتَبَ لَمْبَفِتِّنْ And what needs to be done by the imams is to recite both of those surahs completely in the Fajr prayer, in one Fajr prayer. وَيَكْثُرُ مِنْ ذَلِكَ فِي غَالِبِ الْجُمَعَ And here's the point where Shaykh al-Albani was making too. Shaykh says, and to do that in the majority of the Fridays. To do that in the majority of Friday Fajr prayers, to recite these two surahs. وَلَا مَانِعَ مِنْ أَنْ يَتْرُكَهُمَا فِي بَعْضِ الْجُمَعَ And there is no problem, there is no preventative factor, there is nothing stopping you from reading something else on certain Fajr, uh, Friday Fajr prayers. You can on occasion read something else too. لِأَلَّا يَعْتَقِدَ النَّاسِ وُجُوبَهُمَا Why would you do that though? Why on occasion, now and again on a Fajr on Friday, would you not read these two? If it is sunnah to do so, why not just do it every Friday on a Fajr, these two surahs? Why on the odd occasion leave them and do something else instead? As Shaykh al-Albani did on that occasion, why would you do that? So people don't end up believing, especially the commoners, etc. They don't end up believing that it's obligatory to recite those two in Fajr on a Friday. If you did it every single week without fail, then the commoners who come along to the masjid and they pray, they would believe in their heart, it's a Fajr, it's a Friday, obligation, the imam has to recite those two. That's what they're going to end up believing. And they're going to end up in that routine, as happened with Shaykh al-Albani. They came in that routine with that belief, it's a Friday, Fajr must be sajda. Not even thinking anything as soon as they heard the takbir into sujood. So that is not the way. It is not an obligation. So occasionally mix it up with something else, to allow the people to understand. It is a sunnah that you practice, but not an obligation. And some people, some of the imams, they do fall into error with that. To such an extent, I recall on one occasion, I was not the imam of this particular place, but on one occasion, they asked me to lead the prayer in this particular place, and the imam was actually there. But for some reason, he was unable to lead. For some reason on that occasion, he was unable to lead, and he asked me to lead. And it happened to be another prayer where there is a sunnah to recite a certain thing will come to. And he whispered in my ear before I started, remember, it's that day you have to recite those two surahs today. To remind me that you have to recite those two on that particular prayer on that particular day. So this was the state of those who seem to think that you must, as an obligation, have to do that week in, week out. That is not correct. Because some people then, the commoners, etc., they'll end up thinking, this is the religion of obligation here. It's obligation to recite those two in that prayer, otherwise your prayer is wrong. Somebody comes along and recites something else, they might think he's gone wrong, he's forgotten. He doesn't know what he's doing, he's forgotten it's that day to recite that thing. Maybe they'll even come to you after the prayer and say, did you forget today's that day you were supposed to recite that? So on the odd occasion, now and again, if you mix it up, then that's okay, just to allow the people to understand that it is not an obligation. وَكَذَلِكَ يَنْبَغِي التَّنْبِيهِ إِلَى مَا أَحْدَثَهُ بَعْضُ الْأَئِمَّةِ مِنْ أَنَّهُمْ يَسْتَبْدِلُونَ الْقِرَاءَ بِهَاتَيْنِ سُورَتَيْنِ بِقِرَاءَتَيْ سُورَتَيْ الْجُمْعَةِ وَالْمُنَافِقُونَ فِي الْفَجْرِ كَأَنْ يَقْرَأْ فِي الْأُولَى بِسُورَةِ الْجُمْعَةِ وَفِي الثَّانِيَةِ بِسُورَةِ الْمُنَافِقُونَ The Shaykh says also you should be aware that some of the imams uh, they have basically innovated or brought about this new way of doing it on a Fajr on a Friday, whereby they recite Surah Al-Jumu'ah and Surah Al-Munafiqoon. 
The shaykh says, this is what you notice from some of them. It's Surah Al-Jum'ah that they recite, because it's Yawm Al-Jum'ah, so they recite Surah Al-Jum'ah. And Surah Al-Munafiqoon, but again the shaykh says, that is something that they have made up. The reality of what's in the narration is, to recite Al-Sajda and Al-Insan. وَهُنَاكَ أَيْضًا Also the shaykh highlights, بَعْضُ الْأَئِمَّ مَنْ يَقْرَأْ بِهَاتَيْنِ السُورَتَيْنِ الْجُمْعَةِ وَالْمُنَافِقُونَ فِي صَلَاةِ الْعِشَاءِ لَيْلَةِ الْجُمْعَةِ Some of the imams, they recite Surah Al-Jum'ah and Surah Al-Munafiqoon in the Isha prayer on a Thursday night. Thursday night, uh, right now, the Isha prayer that you prayed. That some imams, they specify that for Surah Al-Jum'ah and Surah Al-Munafiqoon. وَهَذَا أَيْضًا لَيْسَ وَارِدًا عَنِ النَّبْسَ سَلَّمْ Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan says, this also is not mentioned from the Prophet ﷺ to do so. وَإِنَّمَا وَرَدَ أَنَّهُ يَقْرَأُهُمَا فِي صَلَاةِ الْجُمُعَةِ However, it has been mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite those two, Al-Jumu'ah and Al-Munafiqoon in the Jumu'ah prayer itself. وَالْمُنَاسَبَةِ ظَاهِرَةِ وَهِيَ أَنَّ النَّاسِ يَجْتَمِعُونَ فِي صَلَاةِ الْجُمُعَةِ So, uh, the appropriateness of reciting Surah Al-Jumu'ah in Jumu'ah is clear. Because everybody is going to be gathered, and you know about the ayat in Surah Al-Jum'ah, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِذَا نُودِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ مِنْ يَوْمِ الْجُمْعَةِ That all you who believe, if the call is made to the Friday prayer, then leave your business, etc., and hasten to the prayer. وَفِي الثَّانِيَا يَقْرَأُ الْمُنَافِقُونَ And in the second raka'ah of Jum'ah, you can recite Al-Munafiqoon. And that is because... المنافقون كانوا يحضرون في صلاة الجمعة فيذكرهم ليتوبوا من نفاقهم because at that time during uh, when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was alive then the munafiqun at that time they used to attend the Jum'ah prayer the hypocrites who were concealing their kufr they used to come and attend the Jum'ah prayer upon their pretense so reciting Surah Al-Munafiqun is a reminder to everyone to keep themselves clear from the traits and the characteristics of the munafiqoon. Those who even used to go to their pretense to such a level that they would come and sit in uh, the Jumu'ah prayer and attend to show to the Muslims that they are upon Islam too. So that is further a hadith explaining some of the surahs that are to be recited in certain prayers. That's what we'll conclude for today. And the chapter continues along the same topics regarding what is recited and uh, the types of surahs and ayat that are recited and what can be said within those uh, surahs inshallah ta'ala will continue from that section in two weeks time uh, inshallah ta'ala wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in